Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of the Eurohoop Pod, the Eurohoops uh, podcast. Uh, this is Antonis Trogilakis and uh, hello Adigon Zahari. Hello Antonis. And we promised you a really, uh, a really unique case of a guest for this week. Now, our guest, our guest for this week's podcast, uh, he's, first of all, he's one of the five players named to the NBA All-Rookie Second Team of 2017. He actually made this team despite playing only 46 games that season. He was that good. He began that season with the Brooklyn Nets and finished it with the Dallas Mavericks. After spending one more year with the Mavericks, he signed with the Sacramento Kings. He stayed for two seasons in Sacramento before he joined the Cleveland Cavaliers. Then after some stints with, uh, first of all, with the Cavaliers and then with the Los Angeles Clippers, He moved to Europe a few months ago for the first time in his career, joining six-time EuroLeague champion Panathinaikos Athens. Then he left Panathinaikos some weeks ago to sign with Slovenian EuroCup club Cedevita Olympia. And just a week ago, he had one of the most stunning debuts ever in EuroCup history. Uh, we're talking about Yogi Ferrell. Welcome, Yogi. Hey, uh, glad to be here. Thanks for having me on the show. And thank you for uh, being with us. And uh, you are right now, you are in Venice, right? Preparing for uh, an important EuroCup game for Cedevita, right? Yeah, uh, we just got here actually to the hotel. So we're just going to rest up for the game tomorrow. Okay. And, uh, you know, and thank you extra for being with us after, uh, you know, making the trip to Venice. Now, uh, speaking of EuroCup, let's begin uh, with uh, what you did in your debut in the competition and your debut with Cedevita. I, 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 I talked about it before. This was truly one of the most impressive debuts we have ever seen in uh, the history of EuroCup. 24 points, uh, 5 out of 9 frees, 11 assists, a loss to Virtus Bologna, but uh, a very, uh, you know, a, a battle by Cedevita against one of the most powerful teams in the competition. What I want to ask you about your performance is what was your mindset going into that game And uh, before having this performance, especially after playing so little with Panathinaikos. Yeah, uh, my mindset going into the game was just to be aggressive. Uh, I wanted to come out early and show my aggression just to try and get our team rolling. And, you know, I started knocking down a couple threes uh, to begin the game. And ever since then, it felt good. Uh, and even in the second half, didn't shoot as much, but uh, was distributing more and getting our guys open shots. And you immediately played 29 minutes in that first game, which was against one of the top EuroCup teams of this season, actually title contenders. Um, you for immediately getting those big minutes and assuming a leading role with Cedevita. Yeah, uh, you know, I, coach is going to tell me, you know, I was eventually going to start. Uh, first game was really just coming off the bench, just to see how I was feeling, you know, get to know the system, get to know my teammates. Uh, so, you know, that next game, you know, I, I had a little more wind under me and I was basically ready to go out there and battle. And then you played your first ABBA League, uh, first ABBA League Derby uh, a few days ago. Um, so for our listeners who haven't watched the game, you picked up 15 points, six assists, and helped Chedevita become just the second team to beat Partizan this season in the ABBA League. 
Um, how did you experience that game and the atmosphere? Uh, I mean, the atmosphere was great. You know, their fans cheering really loud. My teammates were saying that it was going to be a very hectic environment. Uh, but, you know, I've grown up playing a lot of basketball in crazy fan environments, so it's pretty much nothing new to me. And, you know, I was just proud of the way we, we went out there and we overcame a lot. You know, the fans, the referees not giving calls our way. And we just stayed resilient and stayed true to ourselves and what we want to do on the court. You seem to have a really fun interaction with the fans. Uh, there was a moment caught on camera where, when you were sending kisses to the crowd as you left uh, left the court. Yeah, uh, I think <laughs> I just let my emotions get the better of me. Um, it was a really heated game, and I wasn't even mad at the fans. I was just really, I was kind of mad at the referees that they really threw me out. Um, but you know, it's, it's all love. I got no no animosity. You know, uh, that uh, that might be considered to be a very bold move to make, uh, you know, in a crowd like uh, the one of, uh, you know, Partizan Belgrade and Partizan uh, fans, as you say, it's a very, it's a very kind of a heated uh, atmosphere, but it was impressive that you made such a move, honestly. Yeah, I mean, you know, just my emotions got the better of me. And you know, in that game, actually, Boston Celtics president and former coach of the team, Brad Stevens, uh, was there. Were you aware of his presence before you entered the game? And uh, did you actually have the chance to talk to him afterwards or before the game? Uh, no, I actually didn't know he was there at the game. But uh, I've been knowing Coach Stevens ever since I was in high school. Uh, he recruited me when he was a coach at Butler. So I've been knowing him for many, many years. So yeah, you had a, a chance to, to catch up? Uh, you know, I actually didn't talk to him. No. Uh, see, I, I didn't even know he was there. Oh, so you, you realized it way afterwards. Uh, all right. Yeah. So uh, basically, Yogi, you are you're a rookie in European basketball, and every American player who plays in Europe for the first time in his or, or her career experience this transition differently? How has it been for you overall? Uh, you know, I feel like I learned a couple things just with my short stint at Powell and uh, just trying to bring those things that I learned to Cita Vida. Um, you know, I'm thankful for my time at Powell and the relationships I made uh, with my teammates. Um, but, you know, Coming here has been a pretty smooth transition. Uh, coaches are telling me exactly what they want from me, and I'm going out there and executing. What are the, the differences between uh, the NBA basketball and the European basketball that immediately stood out for you, that immediately made an impression on you and, uh, you know, perhaps amazed you in a way? Uh, I would say the differences are there's not as much space in European basketball. Um, a lot more helping defense. So you have to kind of make quicker reads. Uh, in the NBA, there's a lot more space. You can go down the court and lay the ball up almost uncontested. Uh, but in, you know, European basketball, not as much space, uh, more methodical offenses. Um, you know, got to take more care of the ball. You know, each possession is, is you know, kind of like do or die a little bit. 
and, and you talked about the Panathinaikos, uh, your short Panathinaikos team. So let's talk about that a bit. You know, I was watching uh, again the videos from your arrival at the Athens airport for Panathinaikos, and you were really, really excited. You know, you were all smiles. Uh, the the words you said about coming to the team and your optimism. You said that your goal is to win the Euroleague, playing it simple. Panathinaikos fans. On social media, were really excited about your arrival. They welcomed you with open arms. Now, ultimately, that partnership didn't uh, didn't last long. It ended early, and it ended with a breakup that came after just five Euroleague games. You didn't play long. You have just eight minutes. So, why didn't things work out in this team for you? Uh, you know, just just saw differences between. Me and the club, uh, you know, I felt like I needed to be out there playing. And, you know, whether that was with power or with any other Euro League or Euro Cup team, you know, in my eyes, I felt like I should be out there playing. Uh, you know, coaches made his decision. So I basically made my decision to go somewhere where I can showcase my talents. And, uh, you know, Panathinaikos obviously brought you there to play. They brought you because they needed a guy like you. They needed a guard who can score, who can pass the ball. They needed some uh, a really strong backward addition. So uh, did you expect a different situation than the one you found on the team? Uh, I mean, yeah, definitely going into it. You know, I felt like I would be able to go out there and establish myself. Uh, but, you know... We just saw differences and, uh, you know, I made a business move for myself. Why do you think you didn't get uh, the minutes that uh, you believe you should have you should have taken by, by the coach? Uh, you know, I'm not sure. You know, I went there to play. I didn't play. And, you know, a guy like me, I'm very competitive. And so I'm going to go where I, where I'm wanted and where I can play. Since you mentioned it uh, a little earlier, had you ever had cl close to playing in Europe before this year? Uh, yeah, I would say my uh, rookie year coming out of uh, college, I had uh, thought about going over to Europe to play. And then I got a call up from Dallas. And uh, that call from Dallas, you know, resulted in uh, you finishing 2017 on the the all-rookie second team in your first one with the Mavericks. You you became a, an instant uh, fan favorite then. So how was it for you, uh, you know, finally fitting uh, in the in an NBA team, getting your minutes, getting numbers? Yeah, uh, you know, it was, it was great. Uh, Dallas is probably, you know, one of my favorite places that I played at. Uh playing for coach Rick Carlisle. Um, you know, he really taught me how to go out there and always be a threat no matter what I'm doing, driving in the paint, shooting, passing, just just always be a threat. And, you know, I'm definitely thankful for my time with the Mavericks. After that, uh, after that season, the 2017 that you, that you made the all-rookie second team, you had another season with the Mavericks. Then uh, it was uh, reported that uh, you had agreed to continue in Dallas, but that then you backed out of the deal to join the Sacramento Kings. Looking back at this decision now, do you regret it? Would you do the same? Uh, you know, I, I feel like I would do the same. Uh, 
and decide to go to Sacramento. Um, you know, they made moves that were best for their franchise, I felt like. And so, you know, I reevaluated my situation and basically just felt like I needed to make a move myself. So do you see yourself uh, getting back to the NBA at some point? Uh, you know, I'm definitely hoping so. Um, I definitely want to get back over there and still show I belong in the league. Speaking of the league, and uh, we talked about the Mavericks, and, uh, okay, we are Eurohoop, so we have to ask about this because we consider this guy the Euro goat in a way. I'm talking about uh, Tip Nowitzki. And uh, speaking also about Dallas, the Maverick will be retiring Dirk's uh, jersey on January the 5th. Uh, what are the things that you keep the most from, uh, you know, your coexistence with Dirk on the court because you played with him when you were uh, with the Mavericks? And what are the biggest lessons that you learned from him? Uh, you know, one lesson I, I learned from Dirk is, you know, I saw with my own eyes. Uh, I remember he uh, was really close to getting 30,000 points. You know, he was about 25 points away, maybe 27. And he came out one game and hit eight straight sh shots in a row. And, you know, in back of my mind, I'm like, you know, this guy, and I can't remember what year that was for him, maybe 19, 20. Uh, you know, a guy that old, he was so locked in to a goal that he wanted to achieve for his career. Um, that was definitely something special to see. So now to kind of wrap up our conversation, let's get to some more random questions, more fun questions even. And of course, we would ask about your nickname. So we've read a story that it comes from uh, your mother, actually. She called you Yogi because you used to do it a lot as a kid. That's it. That's the story. Yeah, that's uh, I used to eat a lot as a baby, so my mom named me Yogi, like Yogi Bear. That's awesome. I was like three months old. Did you grow up to be a big foodie, you know, after being uh, such a big eating baby? Oh, definitely. You know, us coming out here to Venice, man, I can't wait to get some pasta. <laughs> you know, awesome. uh, you didn't stay in Athens long, but uh, uh, have you tasted uh, the worldwide famous souvlaki? And I'm thinking about real, real souvlaki. No, I actually didn't. I uh, I didn't. Are you serious? This is uh, crazy. <laughs> I know, but I, I got one of my favorite desserts out there a lot, which is a uh, baklava. Baklava, okay. You know, uh, okay. If you stay in Europe long enough, you will, you will, you will taste a lot of different things. So, uh, Yogi, thank you for being uh, with us. Thank you for having you uh, on our uh, podcast. It was it was really fun for us. Thank Alrighty, you, thank Yogi. you, thank you for having me on. And uh, at the Oriwal, in the middle of the double game uh, Euroleague week, the last. W game Euroleague week of 2021. And uh, right now that uh, we are recording this part of the podcast, at least, we had uh, last night uh, some games for round uh, 14 that, uh, for me at least, the one that stood out for numerous reasons was uh, the Monaco road win over Zalgiris Kaunas. Not only because it was in overtime, but not only because it was a very exciting game, 
the 107-98 win of Monaco over Zalgiris, but also because we saw a lot of, I don't know, interesting things taking place in the game on and off the court. For sure, you could say there was some tension in that game, uh, given the fact that there were so many lead changes all the way down the fourth quarter, uh, so many momentums got destroyed. So I suppose that nerves and, uh, you know, more bold behaviors are justified in this case. And of course, we, first of all, when we talk about this game, we have to talk about Mike James' uh, new record. He had 14 assists against Jalgiris last last night. Uh, By the time you're hearing this recording, we're talking, of course, about round 15, in case you're listening to us from the future. <laughs> and <laughs> you never know what happens. Somebody would want to listen to an interview or an episode. So, you know, yes, we have to, to give them guidelines. A relic, a relic of our civilization for future generations. <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Anything is possible. We believe. <laughs> for sure. So 14 assists, 20 points, uh, especially in a very crucial point of the game, Monaco got the best of Jalgiris in the overtime period. They outscored them 12 to three, a poor effort for Jalgiris in the overtime, even though they they really fought throughout the game. Um, and for sure, the game changing moment in terms of momentum, at least as far as I see it, is when uh, Yuri Stovt was actually called with a technical after he complained uh, for a hard foul we saw on the court. Uh, you could see him, you know, uh, a bit upset. He didn't comment much, if at all, in the post-game press conference. He said he didn't want to talk about it. And, and he started that and, he, and uh, apparently he didn't want to get fined either. For sure, for sure. Uh, It took a while until he appeared in the press conference, but he finally did it. He, I suppose he took some time to himself to recompose and, you know, uh, stay calm for the questions. Yes, and uh, let's not forget that the U.S. Dovs, even though, you know, Zalgiris finally got some wins uh, since he took uh, over the registered three EuroLeague wins in a row at home, they had beaten Panathinaikos, Fenerbahce, and Basconia. Uh, this was another must-win game for Zalgis because um, it's kind of a thing like uh, if we don't beat Monaco, then who will beat? Monaco is one of the teams that Zalgiris is supposed to beat um, at home in Zalgirio Arena in order to preserve these uh, little chances by now. Uh, they have to possibly make the playoffs. That will be a huge long, long shot at this point because Zalgiris has the worst record in EuroLeague. They are 3-12. Sure. And it will be it will require a miracle in the second round of the EuroLeague regular season for this to happen. But, uh, you know, this is Zalgiris. Uh, they, it's, uh, it's a big club and they have uh, pride and uh, they want to beat, uh, you know, they want to win every game, of course. But... Games against like teams uh, against teams like Monaco are must-win situations. You talked about uh, Mike James and uh, Sasha Bradovic. What a debut in his second stint with Monaco, right? 
Indeed, and uh, I think everything uh, seemed better last night for Monaco in terms of, uh, you know, the excitement for the game. We've seen several games when Monaco seemed kind of disheartened. And one example that comes to my mind about this is Mike James. Um, I don't know if you've seen some videos uh, circulating on Twitter where he would be, you know, kind of... Uh, disgruntled, let's say disgruntled. Exactly. And he would just not be into a very good mood to continue the game. We saw none of that happening in Konas last night. Actually, he was the guy who determined the game uh, down the final stretch. We've seen uh, Mike James, you know, score more in the season before. He had uh, 24 points at Real Madrid. Uh, he had uh, 31 points. His season high at Fenerbahce. Both games were losses. But uh, I think that this was his, his top performance this season overall. It was the 20 points. It was the career high 14 assists, of course. It was the way he composed himself uh, in critical moments of the game and when everything was on the line and under pressure. It was the fact that um, he didn't force shots. Uh, he took 13 shots. Okay, it's normal for a player like Mike James to take uh, 13 shots. 13 shots is, you know, another sure. day at the office for him. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he shot the ball well. He had six out of 11. Two-point attempts and, okay, one out of uh, four from the three-point line. But overall, uh, maybe the best Mike James we have seen this season. This is the, the kind of the, the Mike James that, you know, may lead uh, still early, but may put Monaco at a place when they can compete for the playoffs, to put it like that. And uh, Monaco... In order to make that in Monaco, in order to have a chance to compete for the playoffs, they have to to win more games, of course. They have to improve uh, their record. They are currently sitting at 6-9. And uh, beginning, of, uh, beginning from the game against Zenit St. Petersburg on Friday, the second to last week of the first leg of the EuroLeague regular season. We also have Fenerbahce, Basconia, Panathinaikos, Barcelona, Maccabi, Anadolu FS. This is, in my opinion, uh, one of the two must-watch games. You, you shouldn't miss it this week. Agreed. But then again, at the same time, almost the same time, uh, half an hour afterwards, 25 minutes to be precise, we have Olympia Milano facing Real uh, Madrid, the powerhouse battle. These are Thursday's games. And uh, then there's Unix Kazan. At uh, versus Algiers, Kaunas, Alba, Berlin, Ceseca, Moscow, Monaco, Zenit, Olympia, Kosasvel, and Cervenas, Vesta, Bayer, Munich. So, Adigoni, basically, the dilemma, I think, for most EuroLeague fans, and hmm. the one I have also to ask you is, which game do you watch? Maccabi, FS, or Milan, or Real Madrid? Ah. Or both. I mean, you can, you can do the, that thing with multiple screens. That's what I had in mind. You can always watch both. You can have one on the television and the other on EuroLeague TV or, you know, split tabs. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, Let's put it in which game you focus your attention on. Okay. Um, I would pick Milan-Real Madrid 
just to see how Milan picks up their rhythm after this week's uh, uh, round 15's victory. Um, they had a few ups and downs uh, so far in December. So I'm really interested, interested to see how they hold up against Real Madrid, which are also a team with uh, a great momentum, with a lot of uh, focus in their games. So that would be my choice between these two games. Unfortunately, we won't see Ettore Messina against Pablo Lasso, the, the battle of the benches, because Pablo Lasso is down with uh, coronavirus. Him and uh, guard Thomas Hertel from Real Madrid. Uh, Olivia Milano, you know, they had uh, they had a bit of a bad stretch. They lost four games in a row. Now they seem to have recovered their form. They won at Monaco, then they beat uh, Panathinaikos easily at home uh, on Tuesday to two days ago. So let's see if you said if they will uh, retain this uh, momentum and if Real Madrid uh, also, you know, continue uh, having a winning streak because they also bounced back uh, two wins. Uh, when they faced uh, Alba Berlin, they were coming off uh, a, a bad loss to Barcelona. A bad loss, uh, not because uh, you know it uh, it hurt them a lot or anything in the standings. I mean, Real Madrid is second to Barcelona, but okay, it, it's the yeah, yeah, the exactly. Classico, it's the battle of the big Spanish rivals. Anyway, it's for the but, morale, as you said. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I think that's a wrap for uh, this uh, podcast and uh, after our discussion with uh, Yogi Ferrell as well. Adigoni, do your thing, please. For sure. You can always follow the Eurohoop pod on Spotify, on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, or you can find us on anchor.fm slash Eurohoops to find all of the episodes and timestamps. Uh, I'm not sure if they are working timestamps on Anchor, but you can navigate through uh, and find the parts that interest you the most. Yes, of course, because, uh, you know, you don't need, uh, I would put it differently, you don't need any timestamps. You should listen to uh, the whole podcast because we are awesome and <laughs> everything we say is interesting, <laughs> okay, just joking. But uh, yeah, they, they, I'm sure that uh, they are working uh, on uh, Spotify. I don't know about the other platforms, uh, as you said, that's debatable. So anyway, uh, thank you everyone for listening to this week's Eurohoop pod uh, with uh, Yogi Ferrell and uh, our discussion about some specific uh, Euroleague uh, happenings of this double game uh, week. See you next week. Uh, then uh, next week we will have the last round of the first leg of the Euroleague uh, regular season. So more details about that on our next uh, podcast. Adigoni, thank you. Thank you, Antonis. And uh, farewell, everyone. Take care.